In my early Christian walk, I had a, a minister encourage me to study two verses and to put them to my heart and make them a kind of a foundation of my belief system in serving God. And I always appreciate it because it's helped me so many times in my life to find courage in the right place. I'm going to read these two verses to you. It's out of Joshua 1, verses 8 and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, and you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And if there's ever been a time in my life that I've needed these verses, it's in these last days uh, this generation has been going through, where we need to find courage and boldness to stand on truth and to stand in the Word of God as the world becomes crazier and crazier about how it thinks it could live. And what you find in the world, in worldliness, is that people are taking uh, how they feel and how they think and they're basing their life on their emotions and the way they feel about themselves. That's why you see them wandering around left and right, being pushed back and forth. Because one day they may feel one way, the next day they may feel a different way. Ten years later, they may feel a different way. And they're trying to navigate life through how they think and how they feel. And they're wandering around back and forth. And the world's getting crazier and crazier. In, how, in his opinion of how to live life. Well, thank God for the Word of God that it is the same forever. And that's why it's so important, especially for Christians nowadays, and not just for preachers, but for all Christians, to base their walk with God, their opinion about themselves, and their opinion about circumstances in life, in the Word of God. Because it doesn't change. And I love what what's said to Joshua, is that, uh, you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So it is implying here that as you learn the Word of God and meditate the Word of God, that you adapt to it, that you become what it says you can become. You transform into what the Word of God says. And a lot of preaching going on around the world nowadays where they take a verse out of context to match how they think. But I want to be clear, it is up to us to meditate the Word of God. This meditation is a, a day and night process. It's telling you this is a job, this is a duty of a Christian to begin to start the habit of learning and meditating on the Word of God day and night. That means it's supposed to take over your life and that you are to transform and change according to what it says. And then it says if you do these things, Make the Word of God the foundation of your life. It's not instant because it tells us it's day and night. It's not an instant thing. But as you adapt and observe to do according to what it says, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. You want to have success in your life, don't go to the motivational speakers. and, and uh, It's okay to do that, but that's not where you're going to find your success. You won't find your success by following some other rich guy or girl and trying to find success in them. 
Uh, you can find encouragement in that. I, I don't want to belittle that, but the real place to find success is going to be in the Word of God, and then you becoming what it says. Then you'll make your way prosperous, and you'll have a good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and good courage. If you find yourself weak of heart and not courageous when hard times come, it's easy to be courageous when it's easy. It's, but when difficulties come and resistance comes in your life, where do I find courage? Where do I find strength so I won't be afraid and not dismayed? Well, it's in the Word of God and learning the Word of, from the Word of God who you are. So I want to encourage you today to begin a healthy lifestyle of studying the Word of God and meditating the Word of God, learning from the Word of God what God says about you and about your life. It's important that we as Christians represent the Word of God in an honest way. The world is hungry for truth, and so sometimes we're tempted as a church, in our modern church, to water down the Word of God so that the world may, may be more interested in it. But really, whatever you do to sell Christ to the world needs to keep them there. So if you water down the Word of God and say, yeah, just God loves you, don't worry about changing, you never have to change, then you have to keep that standard to keep them there. And the moment you start reading verses about living holy and laying your life down, they may run. The world's not interested, to be honest with you, just with a nicey-nice Christianity. We don't need to sell the Bible to the world. We need just to speak the Bible, speak the truth to the world. And when they're ready to come to Christ, they'll know what they're coming into. It's okay to tell the world God loves you just the way you are. But it's not okay to tell them that they never have to change. Because that's one of the first things God does with you when you start reading the Word of God is that you're supposed to, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night, that you may observe to do according to what is all that is written in it. So right away you see the importance of finding the Word, learning the Word, and doing what the Word says, becoming who the Word says you're supposed to become. So the message to Christians is change and transform. Jesus is talked about as being the Word of God. The Bible talks about the Scripture being the Word of God and Jesus being the Word of God. That you can't have one without the other. If anyone has a vision or a revelation about Jesus and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not Jesus. It's a lie it's not the truth. It's a version that is not truth. Anytime we have an experience or a revelation or a dream or a vision, God teaches me through vision sometimes and through dreams. But the vision must line up with the Word of God. The dream must line up with the Word of God. What God spoke to me must line up with the Word of God. Otherwise, I can't trust what I hear or what I see I have to trust the Word of God as my foundation. And for some people, you may say in this message, you know, I learned that in Christianity 101. Well, that's because you probably had a good pastor or a good teacher at the time. But there are many Christians who don't know what I'm teaching today. There's many believers who got hungry for God, but they never learned how important it is to know the Word of God. The word authority, 
when we stand in authority, when the devil comes against you and says, I'm going to cause you trouble. The first thing the devil does when he causes trouble in a person's life is he causes trouble. He sends circumstances or difficulty or resistance, sickness, disease, poverty, brokenness, hurt feelings, loneliness. The devil sends these things as an attack on a Christian. That's the first thing he does. Then the second thing he does is says, see, you deserve this. You earned this. This is because you're failing. Your God has turned his back on you. And you've opened the door. You earned this struggle. And so if you don't know the word of God about you and your walk with God, you may buy that and think, well, God doesn't love me or I'm not good enough. And live your life trying to to walk with God, trying to earn it all the time. Knowing the word of God and having authority Authority means I can stand against the attack of the devil. I know that I can stand against the attack of the devil and I don't have to put up with it. I don't have to accept it. I don't have to receive the attack. I don't have to put up with it. I am allowed to fight against it. What gives you the authority as a believer to stand against it? Well, you might say, well, because Jesus loves me. Or you might say, well, because I'm a good Christian. The truth is, your authority to stand against the, the wiles and attacks and deception of the devil comes from the author. The word author comes from the same word authority. So we must know that our authority to stand against any attack of the enemy comes from standing on what the author says about my life. What did God say about that problem? What did God say about that circumstance? We all know the story of Jesus. And in fact, I'm going to go there. I wasn't going to go there because everyone goes there. But let's go there. In Matthew chapter 4, we see that Jesus is being tempted by the devil. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So here's Jesus being led to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. So here's the temptation. You know, if you're the Son of God, command these stones become bread. What was Jesus' answer? I don't like you, devil. Get away from me. Don't you know who I am? No. His answer was to speak the word of God. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So even Jesus himself, when he was resisting the attack of the devil, fighting the temptation of the devil, he used the word of God as his authority to stand against what the devil was bringing against him. The devil will trick you to try to get you to stand on your own ability, your own works. And when, when you struggle, he'll then tell you, see, you're not good enough. God doesn't love you enough. But when you know the Word of God and you understand the truth of the Word of God, it's in your heart, then that's what you stand from. Our ability to stand against every tactic of the enemy must always find a foundation in the Word of God that the author of the Bible wrote. That's where our authority comes. And that's why it's so important to know the Word of God. Now I'm going to pause there when I say know the Word of God. Because... 
I know people who memorize the Word of God. They can quote Scripture, and that's a very good thing. But they don't know what it means. They don't know what it means and haven't studied what it means or learned from the Holy Ghost what it means. And so they can quote Scripture, and many times they'll quote it out of context and quote it wrong. It's very important that not only do we memorize Scripture, but we learn what it means in context. Because that's the real powerful real place where the power of God comes from in your circumstance is that you quote and speak the scripture in context. You know what it means, not just words that sound good. So the authority of the Bible comes from knowing the author, what the author means. Let's go over, I'm going to give a number of verses today. We're going to do a little study. Let's go over to Second Timothy chapter 3. And we'll read here in verse 15 through 17. Here Paul is instructing Timothy. And from the childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So I'm emphasizing again the holy scriptures, the Bible. You know, I think some of our Christianity Our modern church needs to get back to the basics. Pray, read your Bible, worship God. And understand that there's so much importance in building that foundation of knowing the Holy Scriptures in your life. Passion is great. Passionate worship, passionate zeal to go do things. Hunger is great to be hungry, to know God. All these things, hunger, zeal, passion, they're all wonderful things of emotions and desires. Loving God is a great thing, but you have to know Him and the importance of knowing Scripture in your heart and building that foundation in your heart of what gives you a right to believe God is your healer. What gives you a right to believe God is your provider? What gives you a right to believe that you're free from sin? See, if you don't know the Scripture and the foundation in your heart of why you have a right, you might start to think, well, maybe I deserve what I'm going through. And I love what Pastor Dave Robertson taught. He said, we don't live by what we deserve. We live by what we receive. That Christianity is based on receiving a work that Jesus did by faith. We don't want what we deserve. Even if we're good, we still don't want what we deserve. Because if we got what we deserve, we didn't all end up in hell. We want what Jesus paid the price for. Do you know he paid the price for your freedom? Freedom from sin freedom from emotional battles. He paid the price for your healing. He paid the price for your provision. And from that understanding of knowing that I have a a Savior who purchased all these things by my blood, I have proof in the Word of God. The author wrote it. I can read it. And knowing that in my heart is where my foundation of standing against circumstances and against attack of the enemy must come from. Here, Paul saying to Timothy that from his childhood you've known the Holy Scriptures, uh, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Sometimes when I teach, I confront ideas and opinions and thinking using the Word of God. And some people get a little sensitive, like, 
he shouldn't be so strong. He should be inviting for everyone. And yes, we want everyone to feel that God loves them. Jesus loves them. And everyone to know that they have a right to go to God because of what Jesus did. But there is correction in the Bible. There's reproof. There's instruction of righteousness that the church should be bringing forward to the believers. That you need to grow up and let the Word of God change you. And that you're to transform into what the Word of God says, not the other way around. Not try to make the Word of God or your relationship of, of God to be based on your lifestyle. Our life is to be changed by the Word of God. All Scripture. Now it says all Scripture. So you can't just cherry pick. I like that Scripture on prosperity. That's a great Scripture. <laughs> and I like that preacher. He told me I can be rich. And all I have to do is give him money. But I don't like that scripture, that preacher talks about fasting. I don't like him. I'm going to go to the other guy. See, it's all scripture. We're supposed to change to the scripture, not just be drawn to the scripture that feeds our flesh, makes us excited. We're to be drawn to the scripture and to let scripture change us, transform us. And all scripture also means not just the New Testament. It means the Old Testament. All scripture means anything that God spoke, every word that God spoke, the author. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So practicing reading your Bible, meditating the Word of God, learning the truth of the Word of God will help make you complete for every good work that God has. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's the importance of reading your Bible. The importance of studying and learning. It's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, I look at the modern church today and I, I see so many Christians happily living their Christian life, and they're good people, they're going to heaven, but I don't see the the effort or the emphasis on studying the Word of God, on being taught the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. I don't see the emphasis as much as I used to. I thank God for my early beginning in Christianity that I had preachers who encouraged me to study the Word of God, to grow in the Word of God. I appreciate them so much all these years later. Uh, let's go over to Second Peter. Second Peter now. Chapter 1. In verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So even prophecy itself is supposed to be of no private interpretation. You never ever take any preacher at their word if they say, well, just trust me in this. No, you want a preacher that says, question me on this. You do your own homework. You look at your own Bible. Learn for yourself because that's where it's going to be powerful. When I first started out, I had pastors who I loved and and I was you know, 18 years old and and our pastor told us we need to pray in tongues. And, and, and I remember I had a, a Jehovah Witness come to my door. 
and began to question me. And he had me so turned upside down. He exposed in my life how much of the word I didn't know. And, you know, he was trained, of course, and he had his Bible, but in the back of his Bible, he had a many, you know, uh, segments that said, if you have a Baptist guy, ask him these questions. If you have a Pentecostal guy, ask him these questions. If your target is a, a Mormon, ask him these questions. So he had a, a script that he went down, and he began to ask me questions about the Bible. And the first thing I remember he said was, do you know that the word Trinity is not in the Bible? And I was shocked. I didn't know that. I'd heard all, you know, all those years about Trinity. But the word Trinity is not in the Bible. And that's okay because, you know, there's many words that we use to describe what's being meant. But the word Trinity was not in the Bible. And that shocked me. But I didn't show it. I said, so? <laughs> and he went on to, to use scripture, my own Bible, to beat me over the head because I had not studied or learned enough at the time. Most of my argument was, well, my pastor says so. Well, my pastor says so. My pastor, thank God for that. I had a good pastor that taught me. But eventually I had to decide I need to make this part of my life. I had to have my own answers and learn in my own heart so I could correct and instruct using the scripture, not my opinion. And so there's many uh, people out there of different religions trying to discard people and encourage people to leave their faith using the very Bible in their hands because they don't know the truth. The truth in the Bible must be in your heart. You must meditate it day and night. We must, as believers, as every believer, make it our lifestyle, our habit, our practice, our discipline to study the Word of God and learn the Word of God on our own. Now, you can read the Bible. You can listen to the Bible now. There's many good voice uh, people who talk about the Bible. I, I don't like the ones with music. Uh, sometimes they have a, a very uh, soothing voice with music, and they read the Bible, and it puts me to sleep. I like just to hear the voice. But you can listen to the Bible and learn the Bible. I have a friend who listens to his Bible every day, and he learns from that. But as long as it's the Word of God and you're able to meditate it and learn it and allow it to teach you, in, even in your inner man, who you are in Christ. Now, someone might say, well, you know, the Bible was written by men who weren't perfect, so there's mistakes in the Bible. Well, let's be clear. I want We just read in Second Peter 20 that the Scripture is not of private interpretation. That means that it's not allowed for someone to force their opinion on you. They can prove their opinion. They can prove their revelation, but they're not allowed to force it and say, God told me, so you take it. It is to be accepted by those around and by truth. It must be proven. And it says that prophecy never came by the will of man, but it came by holy man of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I do have a, a concern about prophecy nowadays. In the last number of years, especially I remember there was one guy that I listened to and liked a lot and respected him. But in the year 2000, he began to prophesy that certain things were going to happen, and they called it Y2K. It was a, a the year 2000, and, and there was going to be problems with computers. And, and he went off and prophesied so many things, and none of it came to pass. 
And I was so interested how after he failed in his prophecy, he removed all of his cassettes and DVDs and, and CDs at the time and just redid the messages without the, the wrong prophecy. And recently we had a lot of social media prophets prophesy on all kinds of things that God's going to do and things that are going to happen in politics and in the world, and they, they're not coming to pass. I want to tell you that if you're going to be a prophet, a man or woman of God who prophesies, you have to have an integrity, an honesty, a full integrity that says, I'm not just going to say that God said just to try to win people over or get people excited. I am actually okay if someone misses it and repents and spends time trying to rebuild their foundation. I'm okay with that. I don't think they're scarred for the rest of their life if they miss it. But I've learned from some of these guys and girls that in my own ministry, in my own life, that I want to be extremely careful that if I ever say God said that I am 100% sure, willing to put my life on the line, that I believe it. And uh, I'm willing to put my life on the line before I say it. And I think we have so many people speaking for God nowadays because of social media that the real deal, the real prophets can be drowned out. And I don't know if I ever really want to meet a real prophet of God because I think they bring a, a strong truth of change and challenge. Anyways, the Word of God, the prophecy of Scripture, is not a private interpretation. It's allowed to be judged. I always tell people, you know, when you have a preacher on a pulpit and he teaches, that message that he taught or she taught is judged by the congregation and judged by the people in attendance who listen. They talk about it. That was a good message. That was a bad message. That was a boring message. They talk about it, and that's a good thing. But also they judge it. I agree that they use the word of God right, or I don't agree. It's out there in the open for people to judge it. That's why you have to be careful of private preachers who come to you on the side and want to teach their revelation. What they're lacking is a public exam of what they're teaching. That in the public, when you have a preacher who's preaching from the pulpit, at least what he says is out there for the public to see and judge and agree or disagree. But when you have someone who wants to teach you privately without being a leader and on the side, uh, I want to teach you what God showed me, their message is lacking that examination of being judged, which is important because you don't want to be fooled by someone or take in something that's not true. Because it can be dangerous to believe something that's not true. It can be dangerous to go down a road of believing something that's not true. Our success and our prosperity is based in our knowledge of truth in the Word of God. Not just a bunch of scripture that we quote, but knowing the truth that's within the Word of God. Now let's go over to Psalm 12, Psalm 12 in the Old Testament. See, I've heard people say, well, the Word of God, the Bible, isn't the Word of God. In one sense, I can agree with that, that just because I have a Bible, it's not necessarily the Word of God, but the Word of God is in the Bible. And, and that means that, yes, I can read a verse out of context, 
and it will not hold power because I read it out of context. But the truth of the word within the Bible is the word of God. And someone would say, well, man wrote it. Non-perfect man wrote the Bible. And we just read that, yes, the prophecy of Scripture came through holy men who were moved by the Holy Spirit. So even though a man wrote it down, or a woman wrote it down, even though someone wrote down the Word of God, it doesn't mean that they originated it. It originated in the mind of God himself, the Holy Spirit. That's where the Word of God comes from. So we're in Psalm chapter 12 in verse 6. This one little verse. It says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. That the word of God is forever. It's true now, and it was true 4,000 years ago. The word of God does not change. It is always truth. It is always preserved forever. And it says here that the words of God are pure, and they're like silver tried in a furnace seven times, purified seven times. That is the honesty of the Word of God. The honesty, the purity of the Word of God isn't just, well, it might be right, it's pretty good. No, the Word of God is as pure as you can ever have. There's nothing on earth that is more pure than the Word of God. I want to encourage you today. I want to stir up in you and me today the habit of just studying the Word of God, just reading the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God. If you want to learn how to read the Bible, Pastor Dave had the best way of teaching that you read the Bible one book at a time, and you read that one book over and over up to 50 times from front to back. You don't try to figure it out. You don't stop and go through the Greek or the Hebrew. or You just read it so you can begin to get it into your heart. And once it's in your inner man, the Holy Spirit can begin to teach you what it really means. And then from there, you can begin to live by that word. And that word becomes your foundation. Not your thoughts, not your experiences, but what the word of God says who you are. The word of God is the final truth of your life. When you stand before God, He's going to use the very Word of God to judge you about your life, about your works that you did or didn't do, about the if you're saved or not. It doesn't matter if you feel saved or not feel saved. There's days in my early Christianity where, where I accepted Jesus, but there was days I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like I was saved. I met many Christians, young Christians, like, are you sure I'm saved? Because... Because I don't feel like it. I had a bad day. I had a miserable day. I had a, a fleshly day. And the only way to know if you're saved is to know from the Word of God. The Word of God is the truth, the foundation. Your authority in God only comes from knowing the author and what the author meant when he wrote it. If you want to begin a good habit of studying the Word of God, if you haven't, then take time every day and stick with one book and read it over and over and over and allow it to go into your inner man. Allow it to build you up with that truth. Because that is where the foundation of success in the gospel comes from. I'll read this again. Psalm chapter 12, verse 6. The word of the Lord 
are pure words. The words of the Lord are pure words like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. The word of God does not change. It cannot change. And God will keep his word. He cannot lie. He will keep his word. If there's anything in this generation needs to know, if they're looking for stability, it's going to be in the word of God. The devil is trying so hard to discredit the church, to make the church seem powerless and fruitless. But he cannot, he himself cannot stop the truth of the word of God in the church or in your life. Let's begin to study the word, know the word, meditate the word of God. Let's go over to the book of John. Let's just focus a little bit here. John 10. And I want to read uh, here verse 33, starting verse 33. And we're going to see how Jesus, his answer to what they were saying about him was the word of God. He didn't say, trust me, look at me. He used the word of God to confront them. In verse 33, the Jews answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you being a man make yourself God. So they're about to stone Jesus, blaming him for saying he was God. And Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, You are God's. If he called them gods to whom the word came, word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. So Jesus answered them using the word of God, and he says about the word of God, it cannot be broken. Boy, if any time in, in our life, in our, our society, we need to have some place to go that's safe, that cannot be broken, it's now. In our society, we have so many opinions out there, so many ideas. I mean, if you want to cook a recipe, you'll find a thousand ways to cook one recipe, one meal. I mean, everyone has their opinion. That's the new generation, the social media, that everyone is allowed to become a, uh, a talker, a teacher, a prophet, and just put it out there. And, and I, I'm amazed at how many people are hungry for someone's opinion about anything. They're looking for someone else's opinion. And really it's because they don't have a root of the Word of God in them where they can go to the Holy Spirit and go within themselves to find what God says about their situation. And I'm finding that so many Christians are looking left and right to this preacher, to that preacher, to this video, to that uh, social media app to find someone to say with their opinion rather than Building a case within themselves. You know, we have every 20 years a new generation. We have the baby boomers. We have the, the Generation X. We have Generation Z. We have the millennials. We have nicknames for every generation because they've gone through different things. And they have different characteristics. And it's important more than ever that the Word of God does not, we don't try to change it to match that generation's desires. It's supposed to be the other way around. The Word of God is supposed to change that generation, not the other way around. We're not supposed to change the Word of God to appeal to a generation. No, that generation is supposed to be 
moved and changed and challenged by the truth in the Word of God. The Word of God in Scripture cannot be broken. It's not broken. So even though it came through different men throughout history, it cannot be broken. If it came from God, if it originated from God, it is the truth and is meant to change you, to challenge you, to cause you to grow and change. I think the studying and the meditating the Word of God has really been lost in modern church. That we don't have enough people seeking and studying and disciplining themselves to learn the truth. They just go to a preacher, go to a social media and find out what someone says. But within themselves, they can build a library of truth in them that the Holy Ghost will use to help them through every circumstance, for every situation. Brother Norval Hayes used to always say, don't wait until you're in a battle to build your faith. That's too late. You want to build your faith on the Word of God now. Start studying the Word of God now. Start building that faith now in the Word of God. So when a circumstance hits you, because you're in this life, Life can be hard and things come against you. You don't want to start then to study. You want to know what the Word of God says now about your circumstances, whether you have it now or going to face it later. Uh, I'm going to go over to Matthew chapter 22 now. This will be our last verse today. Hope I've encouraged you to be studious, to be, meditate the Word of God, to build your library in your heart of the truth of the Word of God to know what God says about your circumstances before you face them, so you have a foundation to stand on. The authority to stand against circumstances comes when we know the author and what the author says about those circumstances. What Jesus said when he fought the devil and was, let me tell you what the Word of God says. See, the Word of God is the foundation of all your power to fight all the muster to stand against circumstances, to, to grit your teeth and say, I don't, I don't accept that, I don't agree with that, I won't put up with that, I'm going to fight against it. And the devil says, how can you fight? You're weak. You're allowed to say, I don't have to be strong because the Word of God is strong. It's unbreakable. The Word of God is my foundation. Shut up, devil. The Word of God shuts your mouth. And you don't have to spend all day fighting the devil, crossing swords with him. The Word of God is your foundation. He's the one with the problem, not you. Matthew 22, the Sadducees were, were bringing up that there were no resurrection, and they were confronting Jesus on it. And here he says in Matthew 22, we're not talking about the, the resurrection here, but I want you to see about the Word of God. Uh, Matthew 22, and we'll start in verse 29. And Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the Scripture nor the power of God. Now, now, listen. The Sadducees were the trained teachers. They were trained. They were like what you call a pastor today. The Sadducees and the Pharisees were supposed to be speaking for a sect of God. And here Jesus says to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the Scripture nor the power of God. So he corrects them and tells them that their opinion about the resurrection is not based on truth, it's not based on Scripture, that they have it wrong. 
For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but the living. And I love that he, how he went to the word of God, the scripture, to bring his answer based on the word of God. Now this isn't, shouldn't be just for preachers, by the way. This should be for every believer, that the moment you start going to church and start serving God, that you have a leader, a pastor, a teacher say, you yourself should equip yourself with the word of God. Take time to meditate and see the Holy Ghost. When you have a problem, there's been many times in my life, and I'm sure in yours, where you're going through a situation, you're talking to someone, and all of a sudden a verse comes up, and you think, I never knew that verse. But that was a perfect answer. The Holy Spirit gave me that verse. Well, truth is, somewhere along the lines, you actually meditated that verse or heard that verse, and it was in your inner man. And the Holy Ghost was able to go to that library and bring it forth to your memory and allow you to minister. And that's what Jesus did here when he was talking to the Sadducees. The Holy Ghost was using scripture to show, help Jesus to be able to confront what the Sadducees had been wrong about. And here he says, he quotes Moses. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So he quotes Moses, what was written by Moses. But he gives credit to God. Look, look again, verse 31. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? So even though when it came through the writing of a man, this, this one was Moses, Jesus said that it was God who authored that statement. God is the author of the scripture. He's the author of the word of God. It is life-changing. It is the foundation, should be the foundation of your thoughts, of your opinions, of your uh, goals, of your desires, should be based in the word of God. And I know that it doesn't come automatic, that sometimes it takes years and years to build a foundation. But if you don't start now, or if you haven't start, already started, the practice of studying the Word, of memorizing some scriptures, of meditating the Word of God, if you haven't started now, you'll be behind next year. You might as well start now. Start the habit, even if it's a little bit every day, start the habit of getting the Word of God in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts, and allow the Holy Spirit to have some ammunition in your life to bring up scripture, to bring up foundations so you can stand against things, thoughts, opinions. There's so many opinions out there nowadays, so many ideas, and everyone everyone seems to know something about God, and God bless everyone who's trying to speak for God, but they need to know that it's a dangerous thing to give your opinion about God and be wrong that you can really harm people. You can send people to hell with your opinion. You can destroy their marriage, destroy their life, trying to be nice, trying to be helpful, but being wrong about the Word of God. God doesn't care about our opinions. Our opinions are supposed to be based 
on the truth of the Word of God. I want to encourage you to take some time, make it part of your life to discipline yourself, to meditate the Word of God day and night, to get it in your heart where it just rolls around in your spirit, man. The Word of God, the Word of God, as it builds and begins to transform the way you see yourself, the way you see circumstances, then the devil is afraid of you. And he's really not afraid of you as much as he's afraid of the Word of God in you. Let's meditate day and night, because that's when we're going to find success, and that's where our prosperity will come from. God bless you. Thank you for spending time with me. I'll see you soon.